Whatever it is you want to do in life, you'll be able to do. It's always you versus you. That it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you can achieve anything that you set your mind to. Spend the rest of your natural life waking up and going after it. This is my purpose, and you will not stop me. You are listening to Mojo Sports. Yeah, hello and welcome to episode two of the NRLW Women's Rugby League show. And alongside me is uh, the best panel in the business. Um, I've got Stacey and Alex. And guys, we are still missing uh, our favourite uh, Pierre, um, still battling uh, with moving house and some technology issues. So listeners, uh, she'll be back next week. And I know that Pierre is really looking forward to yeah, coming back and talking all things rugby league. Uh, so I'll start with Alex. Um, tell us a little bit about your week so far. Obviously, you've been battling lockdown with a lot of our Sydney siders. What have you been doing to sort of try and keep yourself occupied? Uh, my dog and I go on at least three walks a day. Um, but I'm kind of lucky where I still get to do some work from home. So um, today has just been kind of a busy work day and tomorrow will be a bit of a busy work day too. So trying to keep some sense of normal schedule in there. But yeah, the dog's over all the walks. Yeah. She's she wants me to go back to work now. It's uh, it's definitely definitely one of the positives uh, out of it is that the animals are definitely getting a lot of attention. Stacey, what about you? For, for those, for our listeners that are following you on social media, you're definitely sort of out and about and trying to uh, trying to get a few DIY projects done. You're quite, quite handy uh, with, with that. Tell us a little bit about what you've been doing to try and keep yourself, uh, yeah, preoccupied uh, during lockdown. Yeah, look, I've um I've been pretty lucky in the fact that I've been um you know my dad loves to give me pre- presents every year uh, either for Christmas or my birthday and and they're somewhat tool tool related, um which is kind of nice. So I've accumulated quite a nice little shed full of um, equipment that I can use. So I just love like trying to find um you know random pieces of wood around the place on the side of the road and turn it into some, something pretty. Yeah, I love the creativity. Very inspirational. Uh, again, for our listeners, I am completely uh, useless. I'm not, <laughs> definitely, I definitely don't have your skill set, Stacey. For us uh, here at the show, um, yeah, hopefully we can offer a little bit of entertainment for people as we um, continue to battle our, way, battle our way through this. But, guys, exciting news. Um, tonight we're back to talk all things women's rugby league, and we're, we're – we're covering um, quite a lot of topics tonight, but in particular, we're, we're going to, in the huddle, um, you know, jump in and focus on a particular team that has been, you know, quite successful in, in the Harvey Norman's uh, Women's Premiership. Uh, so without further ado, let's jump into that first segment. Leave no regrets out there. That is what a real champion is made of. The Broncos celebrate success once more. New South Wales have won Women's State of on a great performance by the Australian Gillaroos. Champion teams do this. They find space, they find time. I loved watching her play and I think she'll take her game to another level. Yeah, and here in the huddle, uh, as we said, we uh, you know take a team to focus in on. Um, and here at the network, obviously, we're we're really passionate about you know providing coverage to our NRLW clubs, um, uh, which is going to be really really exciting. But also too, we like to focus in on our state competitions. And this week, uh, we'll be uh, digging into quite a successful club from uh, the Harvey Norman's Women's Premiership in New South Wales. But uh, if you'd like your club featured here on the network, please get in touch. Yeah, and let's get into it. So this week we're going to be focusing in on the St. Mary Saints uh, rugby league team. Um, Stacey, we'll start with you. Tell us a little bit about their 2021 uh, season and talk us through some of the highlights. They had a, a fairly reasonable season given that it was COVID interrupted, which was a majority of the uh, New South Wales season last year and this year. Uh, they finished fifth with a record of six and five. 
Um, but I think that the game that really sort of set them apart was the final win over North Sydney Bears that we spoke last week about uh, with Pierre. Absolutely. And for those that uh, weren't able to catch our first episode, I would definitely recommend going back and having a listen as we featured uh, one of St Mary's rivals in the North Sydney Bears so, Alex, as we look at the St. Mary's uh, schedule for uh, 2021, I guess they started off quite strong, uh, you know, coming up against the, the likes of Glebe and Cabramatta. There were some really, really strong performances in those first few rounds with a 66-0 victory over Glebe and then a really strong performance uh, a couple of rounds later against Cabramatta. You know, for you as a coach, is, is that the ideal start to a season, coming out and getting some strong performances and hopefully, you know, building a little bit of confidence amongst the group? Oh yeah, definitely. I think if you can start start strong, um, I think that builds a whole uh, a lot of confidence in the team. It builds a lot of confidence in kind of your game plan as a coach. Um, it it kind of means that what you've done kind of during the preseason and, and the trainings you've done and the people you've you know the positions you have out there and the players in those positions. You know they're gelling and they're working. Um, I guess the downside to starting off strong is keeping strong, right? So it's. You know, you can start strong and that's good for momentum. It's good for that, that psyche of the athletes. But, you know, can you continue it? Because sometimes it does become a bit of a, uh, a battle when you start strong and then people are kind of gunning for you. Stacey, one of the things that, um, you know, we sort of picked up as we look through their schedule, um, you know, noting that it was a bit of a COVID-19 impacted um, competi- uh, competition, but, you know, a lot of the clubs did have a few buys throughout the season. Uh, it appears that the Saints sort of struggled to maintain, you know, a lot of their momentum and off the back of their buys throughout the season, I, I don't think they were able to pick up a win. Talk to us a little bit about some of the challenges in terms of, you know, coming out of a buy and trying to ma- maintain some of that um, earlier season form. I think it's not uncommon for clubs like St. Mary's to have players that travel a significant distance to train. And what we find is bye weeks are typically either hard-hitting practice weeks or they're film-oriented analysis weeks where you get as much done as you possibly can um, just to keep that keep that momentum somewhat because it is so hard for a team that runs primarily on an instinctual type of play to uh, come back after a buy and be exactly the same as what they were. Um, Alex, one of the one of the standouts for uh, the St Mary's team is obviously they built you know quite a successful club, and we'll, we'll dig into some of the um, some of their their, their 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 better performances throughout the season. But one of the things looking at their squad is they've been able to sort of keep their squad relatively healthy and, and play with it with a somewhat similar team. You know, from a coach's perspective, talk to us about the importance of, you know, especially, you know, at this level, uh, you know, trying to keep a team together and and sort of building those combinations. I think consistency is always key when you're trying to play a a long season, Um, especially when you've got, you know, certain areas on the field where you need to have key players and, and certain relationships that work well. So I think for the Saints to be able to stay healthy and not have that much interchange throughout their team is good. It just means that they can understand those starters can understand how they all play as well as those coming off the bench. You know, they know what their role is. Um, the stars know what their role is and they can all kind of. Stacy, talk to us a little bit about, you know, the, the, the impact of some of the injuries that we're seeing in women's sport at the moment. Yeah, look, you know, there's for a long time, there's been um, a lack of research on the impact of injuries in women's sport. You know, the prevalence for an ACL injury in women's sport is so much higher based on biology and the science behind it. Um, what goes in part with that is the fact that uh, there's a, there hasn't been a lot of 
research done into the types of training that works specifically to better uh, a female's chances of taking more, better contact. Um, so when it comes to that, uh, from a you know a wider women's sports perspective, a lot needs to be done on on further research for women. Um, but when it comes to a team perspective, when you lose a player due to injury, um, and they are one of those key playmakers. You can find, especially if they're one of the, those in the senior leadership team, for example, you can see that the team just has a potential to fall apart without those key playmakers. And then what you find is that people start to overcompensate on the field and potentially you can see this sort of like domino effect of injuries start to happen. Alex, talk to us a little bit about the mentality of bouncing back uh, from some of these losses. What, what's sort of the mentality that you're looking for as a coach? Because as you can see here, you know, the Saints, they did have a couple of losses on their record, but that, that didn't deter them. You know, obviously we'll get to, you know, some of their, their, their big wins that they had throughout the season. But talk to us about the mentality of, you know, overcoming some of these losses and, you know, what it takes to, to bounce back the following week. I think it takes, you know, a, a tough player. I think it's hard to come from a bye week and then lose because, you know, as Stacey said, bye weeks are they're kind of, you know, either heavy training focused or they're film focused, right? So you're studying the game so much in, in that period that, you know, it's when you put in that much preparation during a bye week for a game, I think it's so hard to then pull up with a loss because you've prepared, you've, you know, you've done everything you possibly can in that week leading up to it because you've had X number of more time than the other teams, really you'd think you'd be able to come out with a win, but to come out with a loss and then be able to bounce back from that, I think it's just, you know, you got to be mentally strong. You've got to kind of just leave the loss where it is, um, kind of learn from the mistakes um, that maybe you had in that game. Stacey, a couple of games that stand out to me was during the middle of the year, um, in particular round seven, uh, when the Saints took on the South Sydney Rabbitohs. One of the things that I'm sure uh, will make the head coach really, really happy was uh, the end score. So obviously 16 points to nil, they were able to win that game. You know, that was that was a bit of a crucial one for the team. Yeah, look, you know, I, I've said it before and I'll say it again. I say it every episode, defense wins games. Defense wins championships. Um, and, you know, it's the best feeling when, you, when you've got a strong defensive unit and you can hold them to zero. Um, but the fact that they put on 16 points themselves shows that it was evenly matched on both sides, you know, and, um, you know, the head coach definitely be cheering for a, a trialist game. Um, but they, they looked to have some flow happening. And, and I think that there, there was a struggle. It was a struggle during that game at times. Cause I remember watching on the live stream. Um, I feel like weather could have been a, you know, a factor during that one as well. So Alex, we pick up those important two points against the Rabbitohs in, yeah, what was a really gritty performance. You know, one of the things that stood out for me looking at the Saints uh, in that game was was just their, their the influence of their forward pack. You know, they've got such an impressive uh, engine room there at the club. And, you know, we'll talk a little bit about some of the, um, some of the style and some of the outside backs uh, shortly. But, you know, definitely the engine room uh, there you know, helped help the team uh, take the win. Uh, Alex, let's move forward now to, to to a week later, round eight, another game that I circled. It appears that, you know, these two clubs, Helensburg Tigers and St. Mary's, have, have always have been on a bit of a collision course in terms of where they finished up on the ladder. Talk to us a little bit about, you know, just rivalries in general and that really important victory in round eight where, you know, they were able to get the job done. Oh, look, everyone loves a, a win over a rivalry team. doesn't matter what sport you play. doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter whether you're spectator, player, coach. You know, rivalries, rivalry games just hold that little bit more expectation and um, to them. But then also with that expectation comes a little bit more kind of 
higher anticipation because it is a rivalry game, right? You want to win that game. You want to be the team that comes out on the dominant side. Stacey, we spoke uh, a little bit about this game last week, but I guess there was a there was a little bit of poetry to 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 the way that the this, the regular season finished for these clubs, as you know, St Mary's took on North Sydney uh, for a spot in the finals. Talk to us a little bit about uh, you know that that high pressure game, and you know, obviously the the, the Saints were able to to get the job done on the day, but. Yeah, it was definitely uh, it was definitely a great way to finish the regular season for the club. Yeah, for sure. You know, and, and it's always uh, I've I've played a co- in a couple of those types of games myself where you are not expected to win and you're not expected to go through. Um, but when you do, you actually tend to remember those games more than the championship itself because in that one moment, as a team, you are able to step up and get the job done. You were the underdogs, um, and it's it's your Cinderella story. Alex, when we look at this particular one, uh, you know, you know, going back to round eleven, you know, the, the Saints come up against North Sydney, and they went down uh, twenty four points to ten. When your team goes down, and you get and you, you get the opportunity to play them a second time, talk to us a little bit about circling that team, and you know, some of the adjustments that you sort of make during the week. Um, you know, I, I guess there'd be no no secret that the Saints would have been right up for this game. You know, trying to revenge that earlier season defeat, and obviously with everything on the line. Yeah, I mean, when you kind of lose to a team, I think you always kind of look ahead of the schedule and go, okay, when do we play you again? You know, when can we? you know, prove to ourselves and to you guys that, that that was a fluke for you, right? So it's always a huge anticipation when you're coming up against that team again and you're rearing and ready to play and there's just makes you really hungry for that second game because you know that what, you know, happened in the last game, you know, you can be better and you can, you know, set the standard even higher. So those games are always a good one to, to repeat, I think. And repeat games are always always fun to watch. Stacey, as you mentioned, it was a little bit of an unfortunate end to the season for St Mary's. Obviously, after that dramatic fi- uh, after that dramatic win uh, with that last last minute sort of field goal, um, yeah, obviously their finals game had to be canc- cancelled given given the situation with uh, uh, with with COVID, but. You know, they, they were scheduled to, to come up against the Helensburg Tigers. We've spoken about, you know, a little bit of a rivalry with that club. They, you know, they, they would have been going into that finals game with, with a lot of confidence. I imagine that it, the game that could have been would have been intense. It would have been rough. It would have been bloody. It would have been messy. It would have been good footy. Alex, just to round off this before we start going through this star-studded roster, uh, you know, what, what are some of the things that, that this squad will be thinking about, you know, going into next season? Obviously, it, it kind of feels like the job was half done here, you know, not getting the opportunity to go out on their own terms in the finals. Talk to us a little bit about, you know, that, that dreaded mentality of pre-season and, and the things you're going to be thinking about as you, you look for revenge in, in season 2022. Oh, I think they'll be hungry for it. I think they'll come back and, and want to come out and, and prove a little bit more than they probably did last year. As you said, they probably left it, you know, half finished or, you know, they felt however they felt, um, you know, the team like that, you know, I think maybe reflect on how they use their bye weeks, um, come in and kind of plan those bye weeks accordingly so they can have that consistency. I think, you know, for them, consistency is going to be key, key for next season. Yeah, no. Look, it was uh, it was definitely definitely a, di- a difficult finish, but um, yeah, I totally agree with you, Alex. I think they'll be they'll be committed to uh, yeah running it back and, and and definitely you know hopefully delivering a, a really strong performance in twenty twenty two. Stacey, let's move over now and and run our eyes over the roster. Certainly, a lot of talent uh, within the group. 
Talk to us a little bit about, uh, let, let's start off with the outside backs. Were there any particular players that caught your eye in season 2021? Yeah, there was a couple. Um, I was watching through some of their film um, and, you know, Rishon Vaughan was one that stood out for me. Um, she runs really strong. She runs really hard. Um, Raki Ahorn, you know, she was a NRLW player, played for the Dragons. She's got an amazing step, amazing step, and she has such great acceleration off the ball. Um, and then another, I think one of the younger ones is uh, Jasmine Huruai. She plays some really great defense um, and she runs well in combination with Raikia when they're on the field together. Alex, that, that's one of the things that's, I guess, been most impressive and, and something that we've got to remind ourselves as we look at these teams. St. Mary's, they have one of the, uh, I guess, one of the best junior bases in, in world sport, you know, for women's rugby league. Talk to us a little bit about, you know, some of the, you know, I guess the importance of, you know, bringing through some of these younger players and, you know, that that, that, that puts the Saints in a really good position over the next few years. Oh, yeah, having a strong kind of young foundation underneath your club is always, it's always a good thing to have. You know, you don't want to lose players. Um, at the end of the day, you want a program where, you know, they can excel and, and they can and be the best player that they can be. So as they move up in their career, as far as NRLW goes, you know, you're not losing, you know, the standard, right? You're keeping that standard of football alive. You're keeping that standard and that love um, of the game through that that younger generation. So kind of as you plan for, you know, future seasons and future teams, you know, if you've got veterans that are looking to move on or whatever you can have faith that that young group is still when they feed into the higher teams that they're going to be able to fill those holes without any drop in caliber of footy um so i think that's it's key to have a a good kind of young foundation underneath yeah so stacy obviously uh yeah to your point you know the outside backs for the saints have had a great year you know it's just so important in today's game to have you know obviously number one you know really good finishes so the ability to kind of you know convert their opportunities but you know St. St. Mary's you know whilst they have a very dominant forward pack they're, they're still able to, to get quite a lot of production out of their outside backs. Stacey talk to us a little bit now about the halves they're able to build quite a successful uh, halves partnership throughout the year. Uh, Ashley Harrison she's got great speed um, and she just takes on the line so well uh, she draws a whole heap of defenders in her and she creates a whole heap of space, which I really like. Um, Emily Rain seems to have been around for a while, um, seems to have played for the Bulldogs previously. Um, so she was named captain, co-captain. Um, so having those two working together um, to create a lot of opportunities, um, they work really, really well together. Yeah, Alex, they, they definitely uh, appear to complement each other really well. Obviously, Ashley has a unique skill set. Um, she has quite a lot to her game. And, you know, she throw in the, the fact that she can also um, kick goals. That, that's also quite important. Uh, you know, to, to Stacey's point, talk to us a little bit about, um, you know, Emily Rains, obviously sort of, uh, you know, coming into the club and having a big influence. Um, you know, for me, watching her play, it just appears that her athleticism and her ability to well organise her team appears to be the difference. Um, yeah, to be able to play that can come in and make that kind of impact is, is huge. To have a player that can, you know, direct your backs and be able to make sure that, you know, they're all done and working together um, is, is such a key factor, I think, in a game like this. Stacey, you know, things wouldn't have gone their way, you know, at all times during the season. Obviously, they had some... They had some great wins and they, they had some disappointing losses. Talk to us a little bit about, you know, the different leadership styles that, that, that are out there. You know, when, when things aren't exactly going your way, you know, what, what do you sort of advocate for? Um, personally, um, 
when I was playing on the defensive side of the ball, I was really one of those rev up the team kind of loud, kind of arrogant people. No, um, I, d- I don't believe that for a second. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, no, well. I mean, you know, I was one of the small ones, so I really took a lot of pride in taking, you know, the smaller players underneath my wing and, and being, you know, making them hit the hardest because as far as I was concerned, being small didn't matter. Um, so the, your leadership style on the field, um, you know, it sets the tone. You know, the, the leaders on the field, the captains are an extension of the coach. Uh, Alex, um, you know, obviously, you know, this is one of the more elite competitions, uh, you know, in, in, in the country and, and, and around the world. But we know one of the things we, we are sort of looking at on the horizon is the NRLW competition. You know, just just you know, taking it a step back and, and thinking about it from from a um, you know from an athlete's perspective. You know, what is it like to sort of you know get these rewards? And you know, there's a few players you know within the Saints system that you know have been rewarded with NRLW contracts. Talk to us a little bit about you know just the feeling of you know getting some of these rewards after you know your hard work not just this season but all the way through juniors i i, I think it's probably a great feeling for any athlete but let alone female athletes i think you know when we all kind of started out in sport for females you know that that pathway was there but it wasn't a big bright pathway like it is maybe for the men um so to be able to kind of you know work your way through kind of the juniors and and work your way through these types of teams and to be able to have that pathway, I think it's just monumental as far as growing the sport um, and and making it accessible to, to even more females that want to play and to be able to, get those accolades as an NRLW contract, I think they're, it kind of makes those grinding years worth it. And it kind of, you know, makes those late nights of training and those late nights of watching film. It, it, it's that, you know, all encompassing moment where everything that you've done as an athlete, every effort you've put in, every sacrifice you've made kind of pays off at the end of the day. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Stacey, you know, unfortunately, we, we don't have the time to, to go through all of the players on the roster, but we're definitely hoping to, you know, get a lot of these players uh, through for some one-on-one um, interviews because to Alex's point, I think everyone's got a really unique story and it would be really interesting to, um, you know, uh, find out more, more about some of these players and, you know, some of the challenges and hardships that they're sort of dealing with as they, as they try and, um, you know, continue you know, with, their, with their rugby league career. Um, Stacey, before we move on, though, let, let's uh, let's shine a light on 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 the uh, the engine room of the Saints. Um, you know their, their forward pack. Uh, you know has, has built such a formidable reputation uh, so far, um, and and again, you know they were able to sort of come out and perform strongly uh, this season. Were there any players that caught your eye in particular? Oh gosh, I had a field day watching film with this forward pack. So just, you know, just calling out a couple here, you've got Christian Pio, you know, she played for the Gillaroo. She scored in 2019 versus Fiji. Um, you know, you've got Sarah you know, uh, played Origin. She's captain. She played for the Roosters, plays for Samoa. She's she just runs the ball like no one else. She's a little pocket rocket. Stacey, you know, um, you know just, just, just quickly on, on Sarah, to your point, She's different, you know. You, you you watch the way in which she plays, and you know, whilst she probably does have a step, it's something that she doesn't like to utilize at the best of times. Uh, she only knows one way, and that and that's straight over the top of her opposition. Exactly, exactly. But it's not only that; it's her effort on defense as well. You know, you could tell in that uh, in the last Origin game, you know, she was just going in hard and going in every single play. She just never gave up. Um, and that was really the first time that I'd had a really good look at her. Um, but now just watching the film that I have, man, she's like that every single game. 
Yeah, and Stacey, um, any other players that uh, that you wanted to um, shout out? Yeah, definitely. You've got Josephine Majors there. You know, she's uh, she came over from the Bears uh, in 2020, um, moved to St Mary, and the club was really excited to sign her because she had captained Fiji. Um, you know, and, and, and that team, I loved watching those guys play, um, you know, in the Rugby League World Cup. It, it was a it was a fantastic, fantastic game. Um, so it's been really, I think she's injected a lot to an already excellent um, forward pack. Yeah, Alex, and, uh, you know, to Stacey's point, you know, what we're sort of seeing with a lot of these af- athletes in the forward pack is, you know, obviously the ability to run, you know, really strong lines, but, you know, there's certain, there's, there's quite a lot of skill in their play now just there with their ability to offload. Oh yeah, having a player like that come off come off the bench and be able to make the impact that she does is huge. It's great to watch. Yeah, obviously it's going to be you know it's going to be an, another uh, highly competitive uh, competition next year. Stacey, we'll start with you. Where are you predicting the Saints to finish next year? Yeah, look, I reckon um, I reckon that they they're going to do better than last year. That's for sure. I think, um, like Alex said, you know, if they can you know fix that momentum issue after the buy, they look real strong real strong. Um, so I think, you know, I'd I, I give them a chance of cracking a premiership. Alex, where, where, where do you uh, see the Saints finishing? Uh, yeah, based on kind of, you know, their player this year and as, you know, they said, if they can keep that momentum, then, yeah, I think they can definitely break into kind of top, top two, top three. Yeah, look, I, I think I think comfortably top four. You know, there's obviously there was obviously quite a few missed opportunities this year, so there was a few points that I think they left out on the field. So, you know, if they're able to sort of pull that together, I think comfortable top four. Uh, but I know within that group, they'll be aiming higher. All right, guys, uh, let's move forward now and, and finish out the show with our rapid fire segment. And we're going to talk all about that and a whole bunch of other things. What you need to know tonight. Sincere apologies to Matt Damon. We ran out of time for him tonight. We'll get him on the air again soon. Oh, my boss is singing closing time. Maybe that's what you're doing. Yeah, and to close out the show, uh, our rapid fire segment, and in this one we talk about uh, a bunch of different topics. And tonight we're going to be looking at the NRLW future expansion. So, guys, obviously we're in a situation where uh, we're expanded this year. Um, obviously, the competition looks a little bit different, but we've currently got six teams. The question that I pose tonight is, you know, thinking about um, you know the end goal, which is to reflect all sixteen teams, um, you know, to align with the NRL. What, what sort of time frames are we kind of looking at and what are some of the considerations in terms of, you know, expanding from six teams out to 16? You know, how long are we sort of thinking this will take? Alex, I'll start with you. Um, I think they've got to be careful with how quickly they do it. I think the last thing they want to do is have too many teams, not enough players and have some clubs fold, right? Because then you kind of, you, you lose that interest or you lose that, that support. And that's the last thing these clubs want. And that's the last thing that you want for these girls as well. When they've worked so hard to get, to get into this position, you want to make sure that there, there's that underlying foundation for them to be able to play and move forward. Um, so I think kind of looking at, you know, women's sport over the world and kind of, you know, you, you look at the likes of the NWSL and you look at the likes of, you know, different kinds of competitions that they're out there. Um, I think it's going to be a slow grind, um, you know, whether it's one team, two teams kind of over the next kind of five to 10, five to 10 years. I, I think it's it's going to be a slow grind that needs to be to, to happen, but they need the foundation there first before they can start expanding frantically so they don't lose um, those teams. 
Stacey, you know, you think about some of the NRL fans that are out there that don't have an NRLW uh, team uh, currently. Obviously, they're, they're, they're quite impatient and they're desperate for a team to sort of come in. Um, but what, what's your thoughts on future expansion? Yeah, look, I think what Alex said is correct. You know, you can't, you can't all of a sudden go from zero to 100. And the way that the NRLW has worked so far... Um, now is a good time for expansion. Expanding it by how much they have done is a good thing for right now. But off the top of my head, you know, I could see, you know, the Raiders getting a team in in the next year or two. I could probably see the Panthers getting a team in in the, in the next year or two. Knights getting a team in. Here's hoping, you know, for that. Um, and that's just New South Wales, you know, Storm could easily, easily, you know, they're looking at participation rates down in, um, down in Victoria rising massively at the moment. So I don't think, I don't think it's going to take long, but it needs to be considered. Um, so I, I think, you know, around the five, five, six year mark, you, you could potentially see, if not all 16, but pretty close. Yeah, look, for, for me, I, I don't know whether this is a popular opinion, but I would actually flip it. I actually think, um, you know, expansion's probably not the right approach. I kind of agree with what you guys are saying. I think. You know, one of the things that I'd like to see is, um, you know, I, I guess priority placed on, you know, additional steps towards professionalism uh, for the NRLW. So, you know, I, I'd love to see, um, you know, the, the, the sport become, you know, full time and the ability for clubs to, you know, um, you know, build a for the league to build a bit of a salary cap and, and compensate um, our players, you know, more. And, you know, the more, the more, you know, if we're able to sort of get there and, um, and, and make it more of a full-time, you know, competition uh, with salaries. We're able to, you know, it works for everyone. You know, we're able to sort of, um, you know, increase revenue into the sport with additional uh, matches being televised. Um, and, and I think that that's really, really important. You know, to, to be honest, you know, if you hold an NRL licence, you know, I'd love to see some regulations come in that, you know, this this is this is part of it. You know, if, if you're going to uh, have an NRL yep. site in the competition, you need to find... Uh, new ways of attracting revenue to be able to fully support a, a full professional NRLW team. And if we're able to do that, I think that's where we'll naturally be able to see some expansion over time. So, um, but yeah, just overall, uh, yeah, yeah, again, very, very excited for, for this year's competition. Um, you know, I, it's going to be probably, you know, one, one of the best on record. We have to wait a little bit longer this year. It has been a little bit delayed, but that only adds to the to the excitement. All right, guys. Well, look, I th- I th- that's all the time uh, we have uh, tonight. Thank you so much to our panel uh, for jumping on and, uh, you know, talking to us all things Women's Rugby League. To our listeners, we really hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please download, subscribe, jump on our social media accounts. Um, we have, we're available on all the platforms and please provide us some feedback. That is very much appreciated. Um, until next week, we'll see you then. You have been listening to Mojo Sports. Thank you for your support. It is very much appreciated. The team and I are trying to build something a little different here, so everyone's support is very much appreciated. Continue to support the podcast, download, subscribe, check out our social media channels, give us a follow, and be sure to tell your friends about Australia's best-kept secret. This is Mojo Sports.